welcome back to part two of episode one, where we're talking with my husband. Now, where we left off on episode one, we were talking with Paul about the three keys to a successful relationship. So, Paul, I'm going to let you get right back to it. In my opinion, I think it's timing, balance, and chemistry. All of those, if they were graphed out for you, you, you'll see different levels of each. And that changes with people. Uh, It'll change with a new partner. You'll have more of this, less of that. Timing is very important. Obviously, if you're not ready for a relationship, but get into one, that could bear bad news later, Mm -hmm. rough waters, because the timing is off. What does that mean? It could mean anything. And that's not exclusive to police officers. That's just something I, I see in my own life where you're ready or you're not to do certain things with certain people. When you came along and the kids came along, I was open to all of that at that time, Mm -hmm. but I was already single for over a year and I might not have been ready for that had we met earlier or had we met when I was younger. Agreed. So timing is huge. Mm -hmm. Balance is something we touched on earlier. Balancing your home life and balance on the job. Very hard to achieve. And again, this is not exclusive to police officers. This is people. And balance is always a thing for couples. Yes. No matter who they are or what they do. And finding that balance is a tricky and sometimes tenuous operation. Absolutely. Trying to get there. Every day. Yes. Every day the balance can shift. Right. It can Mm -hmm. shift. And when you're an active police officer that's on the job all the time, wants to be involved, Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you you get promoted a couple times and you're in the detective division as as a detective or a sergeant or something like that, and you're starting to get called in. In the first 48 to 72 hours, you're not home Mm. uh, straight through on a serious case. You know, that kind of thing just disrupts everything. You know, balance gets disrupted. So you hope that you've had enough balance in your time together that you can adjust. Right. This is what I mean. The spouse has to be all in. Yes. The last one is chemistry. That's specifically people. And you'll you'll find in your history, you you date different people and they're all different. And that's the chemistry. What works for you Mm -hmm. at this time in your life? And and you may not respond to that in your earlier years. Might be totally different. And chemistry is interesting too because chemistry alone, well, any one of them alone is great for the short, is fine for the short term. But chemistry in particular, you know, it's so common to have great chemistry with somebody. And then when it fizzles out, the relationship fizzled out you're left wondering well, what the hell happened we had such mm-hmm. great chemistry and it's because you were missing the other elements the the timing the balance and i remember when we first talked about this when you first threw this phrase at me <laughs> i i wanted to argue with you about it because i'm argumentative naturally but i wanted to argue with you because i kept thinking like my immediate response was no balance is the most important if you don't have balance you don't have anything and then the more we talked about it and the more i thought about it that you have to have you have to have all three together for like the perfect union you know and obviously nothing is ever actually perfect but you know what i mean so i thought i personally thought that was absolutely brilliant i have no problem ever crediting you with that and i even gave you credit in the book that i wrote welcome to the family life behind the thin blue line and that was a huge part of that topic and i had to talk about it. i had to share the timing balance chemistry so i don't know maybe you'll get a book deal from somebody. <laughs> and you can give I keep telling him that we should we should go out as a husband and wife power couple 
and do talks to people. And I always say, like, he'll be the one that says all the the right things. He'll say things like timing, balance, and chemistry. And I'll be the one that says things like, just don't be a dick to each other. (laughs) And and there you have balance in the relationship. Well, with with all of that, chemistry comes with so many variables. It's different for everyone. It's not exclusive to police officers at all. It's just people trying to figure it out. And all of those three major categories can shift and change and morph into different things. Um, the, the challenge is trying to keep them on a level plane that works for both of you. And again, not exclusive to police officers at all, but we do have unique challenges on the job that other professions don't have. Now, I guarantee you, if you check divorce rates for other major prof- high-profile professions, it is right up there with ours. Yeah, I would agree. Um, unfortunately, we are under a, a microscope right now, and everyone thinks they can do our job and wants to look into what we oh, do yeah. and, and all of that without actually doing our job. These statistics and numbers are kept somewhere. I don't know where. Mm-hmm. But they trickle down eventually, and we hear the same things that we're discussing today. And uh, again, I, I just I just say it's it's a lot of variables that's not unique to us. But we do have added stressors. Right. Uh, we can talk about the job and its stressors all day. That might be for yeah. That'll be that'll episode. be another show. That'll be another episode. We'll definitely yeah. have to have Paul back on to talk about all of that because that's gonna that's a huge topic and just deserves its own show because the. Hey friends, just a quick reminder that if you're enjoying the show, we'd sure love your support. Go to the show's notes and you can find a donate link. Now back to the show. You know, if you look at, um, it, it takes, you know, just a couple of minutes to look up and see the height. And it actually just takes logic to know that the rates for um, heart attack, the rate for alcoholism, the rate for suicide are all elevated in law enforcement families, particularly for the law enforcement officers because of the stresses that they're under. And and of course, these days, it is higher than ever. And the suicide rate is, of course, higher. And the depression rate is higher. And probably the divorce rate and all of those things. So this is kind of, you know, when I talk about my why for for doing the show and for doing the uh, all the other little things that I try and do for law enforcement families, it's because of all of that, that we need to find ways to build and nurture strong law enforcement families so that they can go do their jobs and know that their home life is solid. Now, is that a lofty goal? Probably but I think we can do a lot of good. I think we can help a lot of people navigate this experience by sharing our own experiences, talking about what works, talking to other law enforcement family members. And it's not just spouses and law enforcement officers, it's parents, it's siblings, it's children. And, you know, we want to kind of give everybody an opportunity to talk about their experiences and maybe help each other, like I said, navigate this very unique and really actually wonderful and amazing lifestyle that we have that just happens to have some pretty serious pitfalls 
to it. I want to touch quickly before we move on to our last topic here for today. I want to touch very quickly on I get asked a lot. So my husband doesn't do I mentioned to you guys this earlier. My husband doesn't do really much social media outside of Facebook and he's hardly on there. Um, so this whole thing like the TikTok thing that I do is it's like a foreign country to him. He I don't even know if you've ever been on TikTok. I don't think he's, no, he's never even gone on it. I'm totally fine with that. I don't you know, once in a while, I'll show him a video, make him watch a video. And, you know, he's God bless him. He's a sweetheart. He's like, that's great. OK, I don't understand, but that's great. He he is well aware that I am a very vocal pro-police advocate and that doing that, it attracts the trolls. It attracts the people that, you know, hate the police and hate anyone who loves the police. They're they're nasty. We you know, we all know that. So that's not a big surprise. I don't tell him too much of it, but he knows is that I handle it and they don't phase me at all. So this is a new experience. For, I mean, it's not new because we've been doing this for 13 years and I've been pretty vocal for pretty much all of it, almost all of it. And that's very different than your former marriage. She was quiet. Obviously, she supported the hell out of you, but quietly, which is very common. A lot of law enforcement spouses are quiet supporters, and that is fantastic. I just happen to be one of the ones that's got a big mouth. So that has been probably a little stressful for you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the thing with all of this is we, as police officers, fight this battle with activists and politicians and general public opinion with one hand tied behind our backs. We are at an enormous disadvantage as to what we can say and do to combat these wildly inaccurate Um, accusations that we are receiving, especially as of late. Mm -hmm. It wasn't always like this. Um, Over the last 10 years, maybe 15 now, it started to slowly go in that direction. It started at the national level and has trickled down. Eventually, it does come down to the local level, uh, which is where we're at now. And we can say very little publicly. Right. And that is a shame. Yes. Um, our politicians and our elected officials, uh, many of them are using us as a scapegoat for various things that are going on right now, such as an increase in crime, a spike in crime, a spike in serious felonies, juvenile crime. This is all part of bad policy, bad political policy, bad law, and uh, has nothing, very little to do with the police department itself. And uh, th- this is not new. It's just exaggerated in right. 2021. Thanks Everything to social is- media. So Social media is the biggest factor that has changed the dynamics of everything. Unfortunately, it is darn near a failed human experiment, the way it's turned into just venom politics. Yeah, it's ugly, ugly, ugly. So we could go on and on about that. That is another aspect of the spouse's world that he or she gets dragged into, whether you like it or not. These topics are so common in social circles that there is no doubt in my mind her friends, relatives, and acquaintances will be bringing this stuff up because they see the news and they hear about it. Now, the news today is different from the news from before. Today, it's the affirmation network. Mm -hmm. Pick which cable news station reflects your views and you'll hear what you like to hear, what you want to hear. You won't hear opposing viewpoints. And that is very, very dangerous when you live in a bubble with no opposition viewpoints. Right. Yeah. See it every day. As your news source. And obviously that makes me insane. Right. So police officers are way behind the eight ball in that sort of thing. Chiefs are reluctant to speak out and put a spotlight on themselves. Politicians are the ones that are intricately involved in this sort of thing. So they're not saying too much. There's other factors at work too. Activists always need a cause to keep them employed. Right. And so on and so on. 
so forth. And I could go into a deep dive into all of this for another time. But those stressors definitely come home with you. Yes. That's another factor. It's a long-winded answer and another factor of what spouses are affected by. Mm -hmm. These are influences that we deal with that now end up in the home. Right. Yeah. And that's what drove me nuts all the time because we know law enforcement spouses and, you know, and I'm going to make the obvious statement that I shouldn't have to make, but there's going to be that one troll that listens to the show and says, oh, she supports bad cops. Every time I talk about supporting police, I'm talking about supporting good police. Nobody wants a bad cop on the job. It's that simple. So having said that, we can move on and talk about what we're talking about here. But that was the thing that always made me insane, that not only is my husband a good human, he's a good cop. And not only is he a good cop, he's a great freaking cop. He is the epitome of what that should be. And he's, of course, never going to say anything like that. So to hear all of these good cops, good men and women being lumped into this one category because of some sensationalized events that have happened. And most of them have been misrepresented. And we know that, but the general public doesn't. So, you know, perception is reality. So that was kind of my kickoff. Why I started to be such a damn big mouth about this, because I took the time to learn the facts. And once I knew the facts, I wanted to make sure I told as many people as possible what the actual facts are. And I made it kind of my mission to know the data, know the numbers, know the stats, know the details, know the things. So no one could come at me and say something untrue without them being checked. And and I feel bad for you because you feel bad for me. Like it's this funny little cycle. Uh, we feel bad for each other. He feels bad that because of his job, I'm put in that position. And of course, my feeling is you shouldn't have to feel bad about what you do and the fact that I defend you. So I guess it all comes down to we're both just really compassionate towards each other. And it's probably all a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Even yes, though we're both feeling thing. bad about what the other one has to experience. It's for the same core reason. It's because we believe in what you do so much, so, so much. God damn it. I'll, I'll fight to my last breath for law enforcement families. So that's my privilege. So it's never a burden, just so you know that. And I know we've had this conversation personally, but because we're talking about this right now and y'all are going to be listening, uh, I say it again, that uh, this is an honor and a privilege to be part of this life and this experience. And the things that are going on are not because of police, it's because of the media and society and all of those bullshit things that, you know, make me lose my shit. <laughs> like I said, we could talk about all of that to no end, really. Mm, um, yeah. It would take many, Another show. many episodes to <laughs> yeah. discuss Several all shows. the political influences that affect an organization that's supposed to be apolitical. And unfortunately, that is not the case. Uh, they want to have their thumb on the police at all times. And some may argue that they have to, and others may argue that it's all about power and control. Right. And uh, we're at a stage right now where a lot of political decisions were made starting at the national and trickling down that is affecting the neighborhoods that need it most mm -hmm. in a very, very negative way. Yeah, you can see the numbers. The numbers are all over the, numbers have the news spiked drastically. who will show it, the, the news stations that will actually right. show it. And the crime is elevated in all of the cities where they try to defund 
defund the police or have defunded police departments and everyone else, all of us are sitting here going, well, duh, but to them, it's a big shock, apparently. Speaking of this climate that we're in, that kind of, in a funny way, segues to our last topic, our last question, and it's the one that you always tense about when I talk about retirement. It's around the corner, and this is a big issue for police officers, long-term police. I mean, obviously, if you're getting to retirement, you've been on the job a long time, but like you mentioned before, 35 years, it's it's around the corner. How do you think you're you're going to feel about that? Uh, as you can imagine, obviously, I'm torn. Uh, I have multiple layers of emotions about it all. I retired from a major city police department in full, and I stepped down to a smaller police department, which I've got about 15 years in there now. And when I leave there, based on my age and everything, that will be it. I will be done. And that is going to be a huge transition for me to become a news watcher instead of being part of organizations and a profession that makes news. And uh, it is a huge step down. Many people will say, well, it's highly deserved. Go out and enjoy it. You've earned it. Put your paid your dues, et cetera, et cetera. All of that is true. But there is nothing like it. There is no job on the planet, in my mind, that is as both satisfying and incredibly frustrating, hmm. sometimes simultaneously. But just when you feel your worst, something happens and officers do great things, amazing things. And that just makes you well up with pride. So uh, being part of something important in a worldwide profession is, uh, is going to be pretty tough to just step aside. Uh, but I am fully aware that it will be time and it will be time for others younger than me to step in and take over and lead. And in that in that pile of people coming up the ranks, they're going to have to be some leaders there, mm-hmm. real ones, because we're in a tough time and uh, they need a steady ship beyond. And, uh, and unfortunately, my time will be up at that point in a few years and that'll be it. So uh, it's almost a catch 22. They need they need these young up and coming people to take on these roles but at the same time they kind of need the salty dogs to guide sure. them on the, that path the salty ones that have adapted and, and have understood change mm-hmm. and have yes. morphed into what they need to be today right for survival that's survival skills that they don't teach you in the academy mm-hmm. is how to survive and gain your longevity in a healthy productive way i've talked to many police officers some dear friends that wish they had done things differently and yeah. had better careers instead of fighting about this or that all the time. Mm -hmm. But every department culture is different. I've been part of both. I've been part of absolute chaos in a big place where there's something always going on. And I've been part of a smaller place where everything is magnified in little places. I'm currently in one in a PD that has about 30 officers, maybe a total of 45 personnel altogether, including dispatchers and civilian staff. But everything is magnified in small places. The big places, you just hang on for about... 48 hours and someone else is in the spotlight. Yeah, small yeah. town, you guys are under a mi- microscope yeah, there for and sure. and it lasts forever and it mm-hmm. becomes institutionalized. So a lot of challenges, but in a way you thrive on that. You're experienced enough, you thrive on chaos. You thrive on things being uncertain because that's your that's your environment. That's your culture. You're comfortable in chaos and good police officers feel at ease in chaos. They know what to do and you'll miss uh, all of that when you leave and you become an observer. Right. So, I'm going to make a, a- projection and it's more so because it's what I would like to see. I, I'm going to make a projection that you're you're going to be done when it's time. You're going to be done with policing in its current capacity, your current capacity. 
but I feel like you're not really done. Like I feel like, and I, and I've said this many times and I, you know, a couple different things. One, I'd like to see you in a teaching role because I think they desperately need someone with your experience, someone with your leadership skills and Tom, you just have such a great way. You know, he was in a, um, oh, he was up for a promotion for something and he had to go before the board. And, and when he left the, uh, the meeting, some of the interviewers said that they, after listening to him speak, they just wanted to like run through a wall and, and, you know, just tackle the world. And, and, and it was because he's so impactive when he speaks and he's, what he has to say comes from, a, you know, this lifetime, this whole breadth of experience. And so my projection is, is that you're going to do some, I'm trying to manifest this, I think, you're going to do something in a law enforcement teaching capacity when we move on to the next phase of our lives. That is something I'd like to see. So if that happens, we're going to come back here and, and I get to say, I told you so. But for now, what we're going to say is thank you for coming on the very first real episode of Blue Family Unit. I am Elsa Kurt, and this is my husband, Paul, and we're going to give him lots of encouragement to come back again because there's so many topics that we want him to cover with us, and we're going to have to have him on as like a guest co-host in the future. He's laughing. I don't know if you heard that little <laughs> snicker, but uh, but we got him. We got him to do it. I'm very excited, and uh, what can I say? I freaking love this guy. So we'll thanks, babe. <laughs> Take care, everyone. Take care, guys. We'll see you in the next episode and uh, take care of each other. Bye.